Hi, I'm Gabriel Garcia. My wife, Legenska, and I have the privilege of pastoring Emmanuel Church here in Houston, Texas. We're excited that you're joining us here today on our podcast. We hope that we can connect with you in person, Sundays at 11.30 a.m., on our social media outlets at My Emmanuel Church, and on our website at myemmanuelchurch.com. We hope this message encourages you, challenges you, and inspires you. Enjoy. Thank you for joining us here today. Um, ooh, excuse me. I tried this mic out earlier, and I was like, this is louder than I thought it was going to be today. But thank you for joining us here today. I'm Pastor Gabriel. I'm my lovely wife. We pastor here at the church. If you're here for the first time, thank you for joining us here. If you are always here with us, or if you are here with us most of the time, it's okay. We love you. We thank you. Thank you for being here today. If you've missed out so far, we are doing a series called Sounds of the Season. Uh, we are talking about Christmas carols and how it relates to the Bible. Uh, and Christmas carols, are, this is like uh, I've mentioned before, my favorite time of the year. It's getting closer. Y'all, I don't know if y'all realize, but Christmas is next week. It is, it is next week, and I didn't even, re- like, I was thinking about it this morning and looking at my calendar, I was like, already? I haven't finished Christmas shopping. Like, that's still a thing that needs to happen, but, and I'm sure, you know, we get, we get stressed sometimes in this holiday season because we get focused on all the things that we still have to do, everything that we have to, did we get everybody's gift, or what parties are we supposed to be going to, where is our family meeting this year? You know, there's so much going on, and it doesn't help that companies and industries have very much commercialized Christmas, you know. They want us to buy everything. They have all kinds of sales and all kinds of things going on, like, you know, it used to be just Black Friday. Now, Black Friday is a whole week, and then when Black Friday's over, you start Cyber Monday week. You know, and then there's all kinds of other stuff, and it just, we're bombarded with the message that we need to to buy things. And I don't know about you, but I feel like during this time of year, I also get more ads on YouTube and Twitter and Instagram. There seems like there's just more. And it's just everywhere, and it wants to, this idea that we can be fulfilled by the things that we have or the things that we can get is very prevalent in our culture. And in fact, they want to tell us that if you want to be happy, if you want to, to fulfill your life or feel satisfied, then you need stuff. You need things. You need, you need the parties. You need the people. You need the gift cards. And you need the presents. This is how you feel satisfied during the holiday season. If your Christmas is perfect and everything falls into line and you get all the things that you want. That... That, that, and it speaks to this longing that I believe human, humanity has built into us, this longing to satisfy, this longing for something more in our lives. We're always looking for something to save us, something that can make us feel happy or something that can make us feel fulfilled or we're, like we're fulfilling a purpose in life. We, we seek out. More, we seek out something or someone, you know. That's also a thing. Like during the holiday season, it's like you feel lonely if you don't have nobody in your life. It's like I'm single, and it's and it's okay to be single. 
But the world tells us it's not. You have to have someone. You have to have your Christmas date. You have to have somebody to be with you. Because otherwise, it's not meaningful. You know, something I learned recently is in Japan, Christmas is a couple's holiday. Because there's not a lot of Christians in Japan. And so to them, it's more of just, oh, it's a thing for couples. That's what people use it as in Japan. This is interesting to learn about that. But that, that, that idea just... It's spread around the world. you got to have somebody to spend Christmas with special. And so we're constantly looking for something to save us, constantly looking for something to satisfy us, to, to feel fulfilled in life. And today, uh, the, I'm going to be looking in the, the book of Isaiah, chapter 11, verses 1 to 11. But the tie-in Christmas carol for today is a song called, O Come, O Come, Emmanuel. And I don't know if you've heard this song before. It's, a, it's kind of a classic. Uh, it, it's been around for a while. And I've heard it in many different forms. Uh, but I do like the song. Um, and I'm uh, not going to sing. But I will read you the lyrics. I had said that maybe I would sing. But I, I'm not up to it yet. Uh, I, I used to be on the worship team when I was younger. But uh, they told me I wasn't good enough. No, I'm just kidding. They didn't tell me that. Um, I thought I wasn't good enough. So, O come, O come, Emmanuel, the, the lyrics go like this. O come, O come, Emmanuel, O come, O come, Emmanuel, and ransomed captive Israel, that mourns in lonely exile here until the Son of God appears. Rejoice, rejoice, Emmanuel, shall come to thee, O Israel. O come, thou rod of Jesse free, Thine own from Satan's tyranny. From depths of hell, thy people save and give them victory over the grave. Rejoice, rejoice, Emmanuel, shall come to thee, O Israel. This song, this Christmas carol, is based on the passage that we're about to read in Isaiah. And it speaks of the coming Messiah to the people of Israel. Israel was a nation that was constantly in trouble, probably and mostly because of their own mistakes. And they constantly did things to separate themselves from God, and they were always looking for God to save them. But God wanted to save them in a much deeper way than they realized or, uh, or even could imagine. And so we see in Isaiah chapter 11, verse 1 to 11, the prophet Isaiah talking about the Messiah that is to come. It says like this, A shoe will come up from the stump of Jesse. From his roots a branch will bear fruit. The spirit of the Lord will rest on him. The spirit of wisdom and of understanding. The spirit of counsel and of might. The spirit of the knowledge and fear of the Lord. And he will delight in the fear of the Lord. He will not judge by what he sees with his eyes or decide what he hears with his ears. But with righteousness, he will judge the needy. With justice, he will give decisions for the poor of the earth. He will strike the earth with the rod of his mouth. With the breath of his lips, he will slay the wicked. Righteousness will be his belt and faithful, faithfulness the sash around his waist. The wolf will live with the lamb and the leopard will lie down with the goat. The calf and the lion and the yearling together. 
and the child will and a little child will lead them. The cow will feed the bear, their young will lie down together, and the lion will eat straw like the ox. The infant will play near the cobra's den, and the young child will put its hand into the viper's nest. They will neither harm nor destroy on my holy mountain, for the earth will be filled with the knowledge of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. In that day, the root of Jesse will stand as a banner for the peoples. The nations will rally to him, and his resting place will be glorious. In that day, the Lord will reach out his hand a second time to reclaim the surviving remnant of his people from Assyria, from Lower Egypt, from Upper Egypt, from Cush, from Elam, from Babylonia, from Hamath, and the islands of the Mediterranean. Father, I ask that you speak to us today. Let us see what it is that the Messiah came to bring to us, that Jesus came to bring to us during this year as we remember his birth. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So this passage, it's got a lot of symbolism in it. And, you know, it can seem confusing at first. But with the prophet Isaiah was talking about, uh, he was talking about a lot of different things. He was talking about when the Messiah was going to come, what he was going to do, and what, and what his actions would ultimately mean for the people of Israel and for the world. So Isaiah had a lot to say. I don't know if you've ever read the book of Isaiah. It's one of the longest prophetic books. It's got a lot of chapters in it. And he, he, was, he often talked about the Messiah because the time that he lived in was a time where the people of Israel were in captivity and they were looking for hope. They, they thought that no one would ever come to save them. They weren't sure if they would ever find peace or if they would ever find the promised land again. They thought that they would be slaves or in captivity forever. Because that's, that's what they had, give, they had just given up. They had just given up on themselves. Because they have seen their history and they know our, our ancestors constantly strayed away from God and ended up in captivity. And here we are again stuck. Stuck in a place where we feel like we will never escape from. And we need someone to save us. We need someone to rescue us. The people of Israel were looking for a physical savior to come and free them from the nations that had taken them over. And the same was true when we find the story of Jesus. Jesus was born into a time where Israel was once again trapped in a place of captivity. They were living in the land that they were promised, but they were not free. They were being uh, ruled over by the Roman Empire. And so, even though, and I find it really interesting, even though they were where they were supposed to be, they were still trapped. They were still not free. And this is where we find Jesus come into the story. Jesus came to fulfill the prophecies of what it meant to be the Messiah. And so a lot of times the, the people of Israel would read the prophecies and they assumed that he would come and he would free them from Rome. And they were waiting and they were waiting and there were a lot of fake, uh, fake, fake messiahs. There were a lot of people that rose up and said, I am the messiah, I'm, gonna, I'm the one that's here to rescue you. And they would lead rebellions against Rome. And they tried and they would fight and they would lose. And then they would die. 
And so the people would lose hope again. They'd, they'd grab on to hope, and they'd suddenly believe, yes, we have the Messiah here. He's come to rescue us, and then he'd die. And there was no hope again. And so this is the story we find Jesus coming into. And I love that because like this song is talking about, this song is a cry for help to God, telling us, please come and save us and rescue us. But see, the song actually goes a little bit more in, into depth about what the Messiah came to do rather than what the people actually expected him to do. Because we can often expect things from God, but that doesn't mean that's what God wants for us. During the Christmas season, we expect a lot. I don't know if you have Amazon wish list for Christmas. Anybody? I, I do. I, I do. And it, it's a weird thing for me to have, have because my, my wife's family, they do that. They, they, they prepare Amazon wish list to share with each other, it's like, this is what I want for Christmas. And so I used to go about the old-fashioned way, and, and I would say, you know, I just got to pick something that I think I'll know they'll like. I don't like doing that anymore because it's so much easier to look at a wish list on Amazon and say, this is what I know I'm going to get them. I mean, they know that they want it, so this is what I'm working with. So it works easier. And so we have a lot of expectations during the Christmas season. And we also have a lot of expectations not just for gifts, but I think there's also a lot of spiritual expectation during Christmas. We, we expect to come to church maybe on Christmas, and that's why a lot of people come on Christmas. Christmas is one of the most attended services in, in the United States. The, United, the statistics say that 80% Christ, that, that of Americans are Christian. I don't know that I believe that statistic really. But most of the time, what that means is that they say they go to church at least once or twice a year. And that once or twice a year is Christmas or Easter. And those are the two services that people most of the time attend church. But that, that, that's because there is a spiritual expectation, a traditional expectation that they, maybe I can get my life right here. Maybe if, if at Christmas I can turn things around and, and I can find what I'm looking for. And so we expect of God something. We expect of God something. We expect of people something. And oftentimes I believe that we are left dissatisfied. Because a lot of times we make Christmas more about the, the, the flashiness, the gifts, the, the, the ce celebration and tradition of it all. And we neglect what Jesus really came here to do. We get trapped in the same mentality that the people of Israel had during that time. Where they said the Messiah is going to come and he's going to come with an army ready to overthrow Rome. And so we want God to do the same in our lives. We want God to immediately step into our lives and fix all our problems. God, I'm an alcoholic. Fix it now. God, I'm addicted to so-and-so. Fix it now. God, I need my life turned around. I want to come to one service and have it all fixed. Wouldn't it be great if that's how it worked? And I'm not saying that God doesn't do that. He, he, he can. And he does. But we want the instantaneousness of it. We want that satisfaction to know that we can come to God and just get everything over with and then go about our way and do what we want. 
See, that's really the truth behind it. The people of Israel wanted to be free from Rome so that they could go back to doing everything that they were already doing that was wrong. I want God to save me so that I can be free to do all the things I'm already doing with knowing that God saved me. People do that all the time. You know, they think it's okay. You know, you go to church, you go to the club on the weekends, and it's like, uh, now I'm going to go repent on Sunday. You know, I, God will forgive you. <laughs> he will. But if you keep doing the same thing, there's a cycle that is, needs to be broken, and that's what Jesus came to do. He came to break the cycle. And it takes work, and he did a lot of work. So what... With, with the passage that we look at, what Isaiah is talking about, he says, I can't, the, the Messiah is going to come, and he's going to come to bring peace, something that you don't really understand, a, a peace that you don't really get. So he's working on something that you don't even see. See, he tells us everything that he's going to come in. He comes in the spirit of wisdom. He comes in the spirit of understanding, the spirit of knowledge, of the fear of the Lord. He, he, he tells us what he's going to do, the, the, the justice that he is going to bring, that he is going to right wrongs. You see, when we want God to do something for us, it's always about us. But what, when Jesus came, he said, I'm going to set things straight so that when I come to give you something, it's not about you, it's about what you can do for others. Because he doesn't come to just, you know, fix you and let you be happy. There's a lot of Christianity out there. There's a lot of people who follow Christianity and a lot of preachers and a lot of churches that will tell you God has come to make you happy. Not true. God wants you to be happy, yes. He wants you to be filled with the joy of the Lord. But he also tells us in this life we will have trouble. He promised that. That was a promise that Jesus made. I, 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 we talk about a lot of promises. God said he's going to bless us. He's going to take care of me. He's going to provide for me. He's going to give me trouble. What? No. We don't talk about that one. But he said trouble is coming. It's part of life. He didn't say he was going to do away with trouble. He didn't say that he was going to permanently stop our struggle with sin. He didn't say he was going to stop there being poor people. He didn't say all of that. He said, I have come to be the avenue in which you can bring change to the world. I have come to bring justice. And he did that. When he was here, when Jesus was here, he turned the tables. Literally, that is a story in the Bible that happened. Like, the Bible is like... If you've not read, like, a lot of stories in the Bible, and if you've not read the story, all the stories of Jesus, you're missing out. There are two instances, and I believe there are two instances when Jesus flipped tables in the temple. He went to the table, and he started flipping over tables. One time, he just did it, and he was angry. Another time, he made a whip. The Bible says he made a whip with thorns and started driving people out of the temple. That was Jesus. We think about Jesus, oh, this peaceful guy, you know, love one another. And then he's whipping people out of the temple. Like, that's a whole other side of Jesus we don't think about. But that's what Jesus came to do. He came to change the standard. See, he did that for a reason because people were obsessed with money and greed. 
much like our culture today. And he said, you know what? The church has got it wrong. The temple, the people of Israel, they have it wrong. They think they're focusing on the wrong things. I need to flip the script. It's not about greed. It's not about money. It's about what you can give instead. A lot of you, like, there's a story in the Bible where Jesus was anointed by a woman, and there were people in the, the audience who were like, she could have sold that perfume and given it to the poor. And Jesus is like, do you really care about the poor? I don't think so. Like, you're saying that. I know you're saying that, but you don't care. What I want you to do is to actually go to the poor and give what you can to help them. To bring justice to those who cannot speak for themselves. To help those who, who are standing and are trying to fight for their lives, but they have no voice. See, the world wants to tell us that this time of year is about what you can buy, what you can be satisfied with in life. You know, we, and, and the church will tell us and a lot of times, I've fallen into this too. The church will tell us it's about family and tradition and like, let's stick together. But I think when Jesus came, he stepped out of his comfort zone. He was in heaven doing, you know, I don't know what he was doing. <laughs> but Jesus was in heaven. He had the glory and authority of all heaven being worshipped by angels. Whatever he could do, he wanted to do from there. But he said, I, I'm going to step out of my comfort zone from my godly position to become human. To step into their world to do something that they need more than I need to be in heaven. So I think that speaks to the same thing as us that God is telling us, you know... Tradition and all of that is good and well and whatnot, but you need to step out of the church. Step out of what you're used to doing because there's a world out there that is in need. During the holiday season, it's supposed to be about love, but we've made it about so... Uh, love takes a back seat to all of that. We talk about it. We talk about it. We talk about loving people. You know, we talk about how we should help people. And I'm not, I, I'm not going to name names or anything because, one, I don't, always, I don't know the names. But we've, every, for the past few years, we've done a toy drive. And during the toy drive, we, we pick up toys so that we can give out during our Christmas festival to visiting kids and things like that. And in the past, we've had some people complain. And they've complained and they said, what about our kids? You know, okay, I understand if your, your kids are in need and things like that. If your family is in need, and that's fine. But a lot of times that's the mentality that we have. It's not just about, it's not about what we can do for other people. Instead, we hold everything about Christmas close to ourselves and we say, well, what about us? What about me? I want things. I want stuff. I need money. I don't want to have to go out and buy toys. Give me the free stuff. And it breaks my heart because the churches shouldn't be concerned so much about us. Yes, we might be in need, but we're supposed to be taking care of each other year round so that we don't have to worry about complaining when we're giving things away to people who are really in need. 
so that we shouldn't be, we shouldn't be complaining. But I, I, not, not here, not just here, but I've heard people in other churches and other pastors tell me, you know, I've had trouble, you know, reaching out to the community because my people just don't want to. Because we're so focused on being the church, this little secret club. When Jesus came to the world and he said, I, it's more than the church. It's more than the people of Israel. And in fact, we see that in, in this chapter, in Isaiah chapter 11, because it says that all peoples, he is going to be a banner for all peoples, and all people will come to him, and they will find rest, and they will find peace. But we will not, the church will never be a beacon of that peace, of that hope, of that salvation, if we are hoarding Jesus to ourselves. That's what we want to do. We want to hoard God to ourselves. You know, the, the people of Israel wanted God to themselves. When they wanted the Messiah, it was about them. They, they ignored the parts of, of, of prophecy that talked about the Messiah being for the world. That for, for all peoples, they ignored that part. That's why it didn't make sense to them who Jesus was. He didn't make sense. They say that, well, you're the Messiah, then why are you talking to the Samaritans? Why are you talking to the Greeks and to the Romans? And why are you talking? If you're the Messiah, you should be ours. For us. For us. But as the church, we need to remember that we have been called to something greater, a calling greater. When we, when we have received Jesus and when, we has, when he has come to give us this gift of his son that we celebrate at Christmas, that we celebrate at Easter, it wasn't so that we could have a, a, a righteous club that everybody feels good about themselves because we are good people and we follow Jesus. Instead, it's supposed to be about taking that message, the same Jesus that stepped into our lives when we were on the outside. And he brought us in to the story. He brought us into his family, that he's the one that took us out of darkness. He's the one that saved us and fulfilled us when we were looking and looking and looking and looking. And we have now the same opportunity during this season to tell others, you're looking for something, but you're not going to find it in the stuff. You're not going to find it in the people. You're not going to find it where in the parties and the places. You're not going to find it in any of that, but you're going to find it in Jesus. And it might not be easy, but he's going to be here for you through it all. Through every step of the way. Through every process, because you think about it for you. If you've been through something and you know that God has saved you from something, it wasn't instantaneous. It, it took time. And it might not always look like what we're looking for. God often comes in a way that we don't expect. Rather, we don't want. Jesus, I need um, a new car. All right, get a job. Sometimes it's like that. Sometimes he gives you one. Sometimes, that's just the only example I could think of, sorry. <laughs> but sometimes it, it comes unexpectedly, like Jesus. He came unexpectedly. Everyone wanted him to come with an army ready to fight. And he came as a baby in a manger to bring peace and love.
truth. We have the opportunity this holiday season to be that same thing to others. That's, that's what we've been given. Not, we've not been given just a job. We've been given an opportunity to share the same love that has changed us. Jesus is more than a, the Christmas season. He is the embodiment of what our lives should be daily, every day, and not just during Christmas. Would you stand with me this morning, afternoon? I don't want us to miss out. I don't want us to be able to be, to be a church that misses out on the message of Jesus. I don't want us to get caught up in feeling good and feeling the Holy Ghost goosebumps and all that stuff that we want from God. I want us to be a church that sticks true to what Jesus' message was. To step in for those who don't have a voice. To reach out to those who are in need, who need help. To be an ear, uh, to listen to the troubles of those who are in trouble, to be a shoulder for them to cry on. To be someone that can be Jesus in this world to them. Today, if you need prayer, these altars are open, but I'm going to pray first for us that are here. That we might be able to share this Christmas season with at least one person who doesn't know what it's really all about. That's my challenge to you. Where can you step into for one person to share the love of Jesus to someone that needs it this year? Father God, I, I thank you for this opportunity today. I thank you for the time that we have here today, and I thank you for your word. And I ask that you help us to be, to be the love and hope that you have called us to be, to, to, to be what you came to be for us. You have called us to be in this world today, to be the ones that bring peace, to be the ones that bring, bring hope and love and truth. There are so many people, even in just in this neighborhood, that are suffering or in need. And let us. So let us be the church through our Christmas festival, through, through everything that we do, whether it be wherever we go, where we're just shopping for groceries, Christmas shopping, whatever we might be doing, wherever we work. Help us to be that. Help us to be Jesus in those moments. To bring hope to those who are looking for in everything else they can for satisfaction and love. Let us be the ones that tell them there's someone out there, Jesus, who can fulfill that need in your life today. Thank you, Lord. We thank you. If you enjoyed today's message, like and share it on social media and subscribe so you don't miss anything. If you'd like to support our church as we work to accomplish our mission of reaching our city and our world, 
go to myemmanuelchurch.com slash give. Thanks for listening and have a blessed day.